We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. You can get all your Pack a Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack a Day Podcast. Remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, or Spotify. And, of course, you can always check us out at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I'm joined by Maggie Loney and Andrew Mertig. And we're back for another Monday edition of the podcast. How are you guys doing this week? Good. Yeah, it's it's been a pretty fun week. I heard the Packers have a new defensive coordinator, per sources. And uh, I'm I'm just really excited to, you know, move on from taking shots from longtime Packers beat reporters and just move into draft season where people can yell at me about my opinions on draft yeah. prospects and not anything else. How are you doing? Yeah, man? you you uh, really spoon fed us that one, huh? But uh, I'm do I'm <laughs> I just I live under the radar so everything's great over in my world I'm just you know (laughs) living the dream (laughs) um learned the lesson of not breaking any news on on the internet is what we've learned here she's she's the wise one of of the three of us no a former bachelor tweeted at me one time and that was enough of the spotlight for me to ever (laughs) need for the rest of my life I was I was over it but yeah, so for today's show, we thought that we would look back at our predictions from the September 1st episode of the pod and see how we did now that the 2023 season has come to an end. So our categories on that show, since I'm sure all of you vividly remember that episode, <laughs> uh, were the Jordan Love stat lines, the over-under 3,350 yards, 21.5 passing touchdowns, um, running backs as a whole, their over-under was 5.5 touchdowns apiece. 
wide receivers, the bet or the prediction was who leads the team in touchdowns and who leads the team in yardage. Um, Our prediction for the 2023 defensive MVP on the team, what was the overall team record, who would be our rookie of the year, and then we all had to pick a year-long X factor as well. So Kyle, why don't you go ahead and get us started with the Jordan Love prop? All right, so right out of the gate, Jordan Love. We let's see, just to go back to what you just said, the over/under was uh, 33.50 on the yards with 21 and a half touchdown passes, um, passing touchdowns specifically. Jordan Love. I mean, we all took the over on that. I think we were optimistic coming into this, and I think you know we were a little bit of homer, but we thought that there was a chance that he'd play well this year and reach those lines. But I mean, he just blew them out of the water. Um, 4,100 passing yards, 32 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and he added four rushing touchdowns on top of the the passing touchdowns. So 36 total touchdowns for Jordan Love. Yeah, I mean, I think it was really easy to see at the beginning of the season, you know, when we talked about it, how 22 passing touchdowns would be possible and that over on the 3,300 yards. But Love far exceeded those expectations, right? I mean, his debut as a starter was fantastic. He threw for over 4,000 passing yards, and that would have been impressive in its own right. But to also have 36 total touchdowns with only 11 picks, he really averaged about 245 yards passing yards per game in that first season as a starter. So I'm not sure you could have asked for much more from a quarterback in his first year as a starter with the youngest offense in the league. Yeah, and so then we we take a look at the running backs, and I believe it was over under 5.5 touchdowns for Jones and 5.5 touchdowns for Dylan, if I'm remembering this correctly. Um, I did think that Aaron Jones was going to go over. I uh, thought that A.J. Dillon was going to go under. Of course, didn't quite foresee Jones missing as much time as he did. Um, but, Kyle, how did that one turn out? I mean, it's just nuts. Like, I looked at this, and I couldn't believe – like, we knew that Aaron Jones didn't have the year that we thought that he might, and the injuries got in the way, and he played well in the playoffs. And so that recent memory and the end of the season, I think, kind of skews things. But he only had three total touchdowns on the season, and I think that that's totally – it's just totally crazy to me. Um, so I, I think fans are optimistic going into next year. It certainly feels like the team expects him to be back as a vital member of this team and of this locker room. But, yeah, I mean – I thought that was a safe over probably like on the year, Uh, but I was digging into this. Of course, like Dylan didn't reach that level either, right? Like neither of these guys did the Packers. This was totally crazy. The Packers had 10 rushing touchdowns on the season. Okay. Rushing touchdowns. Jones had two. He had one receiving. So that's why I said he had three. He had two rushing. Dylan had two rushing touchdowns. They have the same number of rushing touchdowns as Jaden Reed, the wide receiver. Okay. So we have six now. Jordan Love had the other four rushing touchdowns to get us to 10. So this team was not scoring on the ground. I mean, I watched every game this year. I just couldn't believe that statistically that the Packers didn't get more touchdowns on the ground into the end zone this year. And I was trying to figure out it's hard because they they lump the quarterbacks and the running backs together, but I would love to figure out a statistic of how, like, I, I can't imagine that there were very many teams in the NFL who had less rushing touchdowns from their running backs than the Packers did this year. There are only like 
10th from the bottom, including their quarterback and Jaden Reed. Uh, just an incredible statistic that they only put four in the end zone with running backs this year. Yeah, and I think, you know, if we had talked about these predictions and why we made them in September, one of the things we said was like, oh, they're both probably going to take the over easily because you've got a quarterback making his first career like season as a starter. The offense is so young. You don't know what the wide receivers are going to look like, all the development, blah, blah, blah. And then here we come out and Jordan Love throws 32 touchdowns and the running backs, you know, they have... I mean, we saw what Aaron Jones did in the tail end of the season. So the yardage was there, but finding the end zone was definitely the challenge for them, not carrying the load as much as we thought they would as far as finding the end zone. Uh, But speaking of those wide receivers and the numbers that they put up, one of the things that we looked at obviously was what or who would leave the team in yardage and who would lead the team in touchdowns. And the two players that we kind of toyed with here were, of course, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, because we weren't sure who else would be able to contribute in their rookie season. These were the two sophomores on the team. Andrew, you had Watson leading the team in yards and touchdowns. I took Watson to lead the team in yards and Romeo Dobbs to lead the team in touchdowns. So how do you do there? Yeah, so obviously we we didn't quite forecast Christian Watson missing as much time as he did. Uh, But the Packers receiving leaders, Jaden Reed ended up leading the team in catches with 64. Romeo Dobbs was second with 59. So both of them were were pretty tight together. As far as yardage, Jaden Reed had 793. Romeo Dobbs had 674. And Dontavian Wicks wrapped up third with 581. Uh, Jaden Reed and Romeo Dobbs tied for the team lead with eight touchdown receptions each. Um, w- one really interesting thing, it kind of went down a rabbit hole with this one, seven different players on Green Bay's roster had over 40 targets on the season. 10 players had more than 24 targets. So like, I was like, well, that seems really, really high and like a really even distribution of targets overall. So I took a look. I figured, like, Miami seems like a team that would have a pretty uneven distribution. And sure enough, they only had two players on their entire team with more than 43 targets on the season, whereas the backers had seven with 40 or more. Uh, So that kind of ball distribution, especially considering how little they were able to pass the ball for a lot of the first half of the season, is really impressive. And it's even more impressive when you factor in just how young and inexperienced Jordan Love is. Yeah, really impressive from this group of wide receivers and especially the rookies. Like, I mean, I, the, I don't think anybody, obviously we didn't predict, but Jaden Reed as a rookie leading the team in catches, crazy. But also to have a second rookie in Dontavian Wicks with 581 yards is just no one predicted. And I think that that speaks to the longevity of this group together and what you can expect moving forward. It's really exciting. But uh, the prediction for defensive MVP back in September, uh, Andrew said Kenny Clark. I said Quay Walker and Maggie had Jair Alexander. Um, I think Walker took some nice, nice steps forward, but he was nowhere near the defensive MVP. I missed on this one. It's interesting. I don't know if we preface this by not taking Rashawn Gary, but none of us took Rashawn Gary in this exercise. Maggie, how do we unpack uh, our, our predictions here? Yeah, I agree with you that I'm surprised nobody made that decision. And I don't know if it was like the recency of the ACL that kind of played into our decisions and yeah, not knowing maybe. how much he would start in the beginning of the season. But yeah. 
Kenny Clark had a career year, so, you know, hats off to Andrew. He eclipsed his career high in sack total, so that was really cool. You know, Kyle, I personally am now even more excited to see what Quay Walker can do in the Jeff Halfley defense. I think that's going to be something really exciting. And then, of course, Jair feels like the unfair selection now for me, given how he spent most of the year battling shoulder and back injuries. So I think, you know, the little asterisk here is that all of these players probably have a case for defensive MVP in 2024 now as well with a brand new coordinator to boot. So I think all three players are still kind of ascending and it's going to be really fun to see them in a brand new defense. Hey friends, everyone this time of year is trying to get their year started off on the right foot and I am certainly no different. Football season takes its toll on me. So now is the time for me to start eating healthier, getting more sleep and getting the year started right. But eating healthy isn't always the easiest, and it's far too time-consuming to constantly run to the store or the butcher for healthy, fresh cuts of meat. That's why Good Chop is such a lifesaver for me. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high-quality meats and seafood delivered directly to your door on your schedule. Choose from over 70 high-quality cuts of meat, including my favorite, 100% grass-fed ribeyes. You guys have to see the marbling on these things. They are beyond delicious, and they melt in your mouth Add a little sea salt, a little black pepper, a little garlic powder. They are to die for. I know you're all busy and you're probably listening to this now running errands, mowing the lawn, or driving your kids to soccer practice. And that's exactly why the ease of Good Chop is going to be so perfect for you. Good Chop's price per meal starts at just $3.74 and they pride themselves on sourcing meat that comes with no antibiotics or added hormones ever. They're so confident in their quality of cuts that they offer a 100% money back guarantee. So go to goodchop.com slash packaday120 and use code packaday120 to get $120 off your first four boxes. That's code packaday120 at goodchop.com slash packaday120 for $120 off. Goodchop.com slash packaday120 with code packaday120. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet? Do you want to play alongside some of Prize Pick's favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize picks community each week. I've had so much fun making prize picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. I even had a fun J.K. Scott selection the other day for the Chargers game. I recently had a big win on Saturday morning in a London game, and it just made the viewing experience so much more enjoyable. It's fun, it's exciting, it's easy, and there's a level of creativity and uniqueness about it that I really, really enjoy. So go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and I think, like, obviously a new defensive coordinator could unlock Quay even more, but also just, like, watching the last week, you know, especially the championship games of the playoffs, you start to look. Like, the Ravens obviously have a dynamic duo of linebackers, Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen. Both of them looked kind of rough in their first year, two years, and then really started to make that progression mm-hmm. years three and four. Uh, you know, we could see that from Quay. Even even if you look back on like Fred Warner's career, um, you know, he was he flashed pretty early, but still like it was year three and four where he really unlocked a lot of things. So there's no guarantee Quay does that, and there's no guarantee that the defense is improved. But we certainly at least have some hope out there. And given how young Quay really is, um, there, there's a lot of hope that that can take place next year. Uh, so then the next prediction that we took a look at was team record. Maggie and I both picked 10 and 7 in the regular season. Kyle had 9 and 8. So, Kyle, the floor is yours. This is my moment, you guys. This is what I've been waiting for this show the entire season. No, I mean, this is my moment to gloat. 9 and 8 felt right to me. Uh, more than just being a hair over 500, though, I think the goal and the hope of the season was that after we witnessed the season, um, we would know what the future was going to be at the quarterback position. And I think we got a pretty resounding yes to whether Jordan can be that leader going forward. So I think that that is a huge win. So predicting nine and eight feels good. But the story behind the nine and eight and what they had to do to make the playoffs at the end of this run, I think, really speaks more to the season. But nine and eight's a fine number. It just doesn't tell the whole season. Nine and eight doesn't sound like an incredibly successful season. It's a good season. But I think, given the context, this was an incredibly successful season for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I mean, I think going into the season, we said like, hey, nine and eight, ten and seven, those numbers can get you into the playoffs, or yeah. you can be on the outside looking in. So. Right on the cusp there. Obviously, the Packers were able to sneak in, but you're absolutely right that that final stretch really kind of solidified their spot. And then to go win a playoff game, of course, is the icing on the cake there for that. But then we all had the opportunity, obviously, to pick our rookie of the year. Kyle and Andrew, you both said Luke Musgrave was going to be the guy. And I picked Carrington Valentine as Mm. mine. So, Andrew, thoughts on that? Yeah, this certainly was a team that had so many impressive seasons from the rookie class. And, you know, maybe if Luke Musgrave doesn't suffer an internal organ injury, uh, maybe he has a chance to be the, you know, best rookie. I think, you know, Carrington um, got pressed into a whole heck of a lot of duty. Um, And so there was kind of some some like ups and downs in that, but like really impressive, especially when you factor in maybe the seventh round pick. Um, But I think like the rookie of the year probably pretty clearly is Jaden Reed. It will be fascinating to see how that go, like translates moving forward for this class. I think you 
can absolutely see a path where Lucas Van Ness becomes the best player from this class in two years, even though nobody would list him as the rookie of the year right now. But some of these players will take off and some probably will regress based on history. But it's an incredible year from a group of rookies. And I think both Musgrave and Valentine have opportunities to be impact starters for Green Bay, not just next year, but but really for years to come. Yeah, it's interesting, like, just looking back at Brian Gutekind's history with drafts in the first round, he just tends to take these players that, like, if they hit, they'll hit big. And it's kind of annoying, like, as the people who've <laughs> historically done the draft show on Thursday night of the draft, like, it's kind of, he's picked some scary players, right? Like, but if Rashawn Gary hits, like, he hits big, right? Like, you know, he picks, he goes for Quay Walker, who, like, we haven't seen hit that ceiling yet but if he hits in this new defense next year he's going to hit big and he's going to be an athletic freak flying all over the field making plays in the backfield similarly I think Lucas Van Ness is a player that like now moving to maybe an even front like this 4-3 defense like he could be a great fit there and we might see that kind of development so it's interesting because I think it makes a lot of fans nervous like man like it's not the safe pick but when they hit they pay off big, and it's kind of fun to see maybe that trajectory for Lucas Van Ness coming, uh, absolutely. But uh, our year-long X factor was our other uh, category here, just the player that we felt like throughout the course of the year uh, was going to make that lasting, long impression. Um, Andrew picked Lucas Muck- Musgrave again. Uh, just couldn't give up on on that one, Andrew. We just keep, um, and then I took Enigbare, and Maggie had... Uh, Carlson, the kicker, and uh, I think it's only appropriate to to hand this over to Maggie <laughs> after she picked uh, uh, not Daniel Carlson, but Anders. Rather, Anders, thank you. Yeah, this one stings a little bit. I mean, we had said it back in August when we were talking about preseason games and just what was coming out of training camp that his inaccuracies could cost you a game or two in some big moments. We had said like, this could be the difference between a six and 11 season and a 10 and seven season, like whether or not you're able to score points in those big moments. And obviously we saw how that played out in the regular season. And again, of course, in the postseason. and it's something that the Packers had said that they could live with, right? Like they were going to develop their kicker and you live with some of those bumps along the way. And, I think special teams as a whole just simply has not lived up to expectations, not lived up to their billing under Rich Passaccia. You know, Carlson obviously struggled, but the operation as a whole hadn't been great on field goals. So in general, the entire operation needs to improve. And I think 2024, that seat gets pretty hot if uh, we're not seeing some significant adjustments on that side of the ball. Yeah, I I would completely agree with you, and it will be fascinating to see because, I I mean, I do think you had a a right pick with Anders Carlson as an X factor. It just maybe wasn't necessarily always positive. Not the good guys. (laughs) Yeah, well, and I mean, I think there was some good and there was some bad, and you expect that with rookie kickers. Um, So it's going to be really Oh, and, Andrew, before you move on, I actually just wanted to give you some credit on your Musgrave. I mean, I made fun of you for picking him twice, but <laughs> Musgrave, like, combined with Tucker Craft, low-key, I mean, I'm, I'm using both here, but, like, nobody expects tight ends to pay off in the way that rookie tight ends did for this team. And so you picked Musgrave, but, I mean, I think if you lump those guys together, I don't know that the offense is as multiple 
and as uh, balanced um, as they were if those guys don't play as well as they did. And I think out of the gate, there were certainly some some struggles from Tucker Craft that he obviously ironed out later in the season. But if those things don't get worked out, I think the offense may have had a lot more bumps along the way. So I do think that's a really good call. And it was amazing that those guys did play as well as they did this year. Yeah. And regardless of if I picked him or not, I I think if Musgrave doesn't get hurt, there's a legitimate chance that we're talking about him as the number one receiver this year. And statistically at least, and, um, you know, nobody was going to put up Sam Laporta numbers this year, mm-hmm. but it is fascinating to to see, like, if he had not missed the amount of time he did where he would rank in terms of rookie tight end seasons, and it probably would have been a top five kind of season all time. So, you know, the, the future there is super bright with Musgrave and Kraft as a, a two-headed duo, um, especially with this young receiving core and, you know, the what, what looks to be a really great young offensive line. And, of course, Jordan Love to, to cap it all off. So I think that actually fits in really well with this transition. And, uh, you know, that, that summarizes the predictions that we have for 2023. But does anybody have any final thoughts before we start to transition into offseason stuff, knowing we got the Super Bowl next week? We're already starting to look at draft prospects free agency is really close around the corner. Uh, any thoughts to wrap up uh, the 2023 season? I mean, I just kind of think that we're in an interesting place now. I mean, I think we've had so much drama with this team that carried over into this season for a, a few years. And I think we got the answer on the quarterback. Like we know that Jordan Love looks to be very, very good. And I don't think that there's any reason to think that he doesn't continue to grow into the progress that we saw. Like, I mean, he's still going to have those growing pains and those kinds of things. But I think we saw enough to know that the Packers got their answer there. But it's, I mean, there's never a dull moment in sports fandom. But I think especially with this franchise, like now we have the questions around the defense and like I've, we've been asking for that change throughout this entire season, right? Like the fire Joe Barry cries were loud and then now we have our answer but like Jeff Halfley like we don't know what that's going to look like and so I mean it could be good it could be bad but I think just watching all that transpire in free agency and in the draft and how they build around this defense um, I think is going to be really fascinating so there's so many layers to this team moving forward that I think are just going to be really fun to pay attention to the growth because of how young it is, but then where that's going to carry them in the future. I just think there's a lot to be excited about with this team. Yeah, I think that this season was so kind of foreign to Packer fans because as much as we talk about maybe being a bit more optimistic than most or than some, we still weren't sure what to expect from this team. And we obviously picked nine and eight and 10 and seven. So we thought they'd have a winning season, but I don't think anybody could have fully expected them to come out and look as good as they did, especially in the second half of the season to go out and play the way that they did at a playoff game on the road and to go down to the wire in the divisional round. I mean, Brian Gutekunst said like there was a time at the end of that game where they were thinking they were going to the Super Bowl. So to have that happen with this young team, I had joked on Twitter, I know a lot of us joked that like, boy, those 15 minutes, those five games when we didn't have Super Bowl aspirations in Titletown, Mm -hmm. sure, we're relaxing. But I think now like the bar is actually set like this was the season that we were, quote unquote, evaluating. And the evaluation was like, hey, they're 
pretty damn good. Like it's so now it's going to be really fun to see this trend because we talked about the finality that came with each Aaron Rodgers season and how we weren't sure if the window was closing or what that looked like. Well, the window's open. And I think that's what's so cool is that now you have a new defensive coordinator and you're going to retool the defensive side of the ball and the offense is going to continue to, you know, grow together and gel. So lots more reasons, I think, for even the pessimistic fan to be optimistic in 2024. Yeah, and it's going to be fascinating to see how they surround this really great young core with additional talent and how good of a job they do in uh, navigating a free agency period where they probably don't have a ton of resources, who they're going to bring back and who they're not. And then also what what's going to happen in this draft. Can this be the third straight draft class that really then solidifies this as a potential juggernaut in the NFC? Or, uh, you know, do they cool back down a little bit? Um, but we are going to have all of that coverage for you at the Packaday Podcast, so hope you stick around with us throughout the offseason. But that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packaday Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. You can find Maggie at Maggie J. Loney, and also check out Packs, which she said. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe to the Packaday Podcast and consider giving us a five-star review. You can get to Kyle, Maggie, and myself every single Monday. And next week we'll be back. Uh, taking a look at more off-season coverage. And hey, next week's the Super Bowl as well, so we'll have a little bit on that. Thanks for listening, and as always, remember... a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year 100,000 mile limited warranty you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible visit your local kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner kia movement that inspires call 800-333-4kia for details always drive safely limited inventory available warranties include 10-year 100,000 mile powertrain and 5-year 60,000 mile basic warranties are limited see retailer for details